For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening. What's happening, guys? It is the Beast of the East podcast back from a hiatus. Some some timing issues, uh, some national championship hangover issues, but we are here. We are with you now. Vinny Hardy, Israel Troop. What's up, guys? What's up? Congratulations to the to the champs. Uh, y'all basking in the glow, like we talked about. Um I was, you know, I listened to the Believe in Georgia Dogs just to just to see what y'all were, what y'all were talking about, what y'all were doing right after the the first episode after y'all beat Alabama. So hey, y'all, hey, y'all on top of the mountain right now. Can't tell you nothing. Congratulations, and and the East brought one home. So finally, 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 <laughs> finally. So um, well, I, as we go, I guess Israel will be jumping in and out. Um, <clears throat> I guess yeah, the uh, I made it. Yeah, there he goes. There he is. Um, congratulations the, to uh, you too. Yeah, the, the <laughs> Alabama Mafia keeps uh keeps trying to get him to transfer too. So, uh, got a lot to talk about. Obviously, Georgia winning the national championship. I could talk about that for months and months and months, but uh, I won't bore you guys with it. But I I've been enjoying gloating at school. I don't know about you, Israel, but I've been enjoying uh the, the whole like victory lap that I've taken for the last two weeks. Man, I've, I've enjoyed every minute of it, um, and it's not and it's not going to get old. Um, no one can mess with us. About forty years, nineteen eighty was the last time we won a championship. So, I mean, it feels real good to finally, you know, stick it to some people. And y'all weren't even born in eighty, right? No, you know, I was still. I, I was. I was. I was an afterthought. At the I, I was. In life. I was negative three years old. How about that? Wow. For all you math oh. majors. The first Negative title in eight. y'all's life. First title in y'all's life as Georgia mm-hmm. football fan. Wow. Yeah, it's the second Braves World Championship in my lifetime too. That's right. It's the I'm with yeah, y'all second one for me too. So yeah, we all share the Braves. So yeah. And what is it? The twelfth Yankees title? Because you're a Yankees fan. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. Sort yeah. of. So something like that. Something like that. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we got the chat going. We, yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, well, we got the chat. Uh, it's it's ready to go. I uh, just need some people to jump on in. Uh, come come in, join the show. Got a new psychedelic background. I've been changing the backgrounds. Watch this. Check check out this funky stuff right here. Watch this. Whoop. 
Oh, look at there. That's fancy. Real trippy. <laughs> trippy. Fancy like Applebee's. Um, well, this is the Beast of the East podcast. Uh, we are brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue to our march to the playoffs and beyond. I need a new happy betting year. Uh, BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year. And a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Online, it's where the game starts. Guys, I want to uh, I want to jump into this whole uh, I want to jump into this whole transfer portal thing because some big news broke over the weekend while we were watching all of these great football games, right? These great NFL games, which we'll talk we'll, we'll get off topic here and talk about those in a little bit. But some big news broke when Alabama landed Jermaine Burton from the national champion uh, Georgia Bulldogs, and I uh, want to want to jump into that a little bit because. Israel, as you know, our fans are our fans are pretty passionate about just about anything, right? There's been there's been some 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 opinions, even from me, Cole Hardman. He's even weighed in on the situation about Jermaine Burton um, transferring to uh, to Alabama. Was it the right move? What what do you think was behind the transfer? Why why do you think he decided a to leave and b to choose Alabama as his destination? Um, I think it had to do a lot with, you know, what's going on at Georgia right now. Uh, Pickens is leaving, um, which, you know, he becomes the focal point. And, you know, some guys are not really big focal point guys. You know, he goes to Alabama. He's still got some weapons around him um, that can kind of help him right now. I mean, we got A.D. Mitchell and Lad McConkie right now. So, I mean, you know, that could be one. Um, another reason, uh, Coach Hankton left. Um <clears throat> You know, I, I, from what I've heard, they've had a great, they had a great relationship together. Um, you know, and that's one big thing now with the transfer portal is, you know, if, if a coach leaves, you know, you can leave, you know, and, and it's not frowned upon um, to some, you know, but, you know, to go to Alabama, you know, I really don't know the reason behind it. Um, you know, I can understand how some people are like, why would you go to the team you just beat? Uh, but at the same time, you got to look at their body of work. They throw the pill around. Um, you know, his, his end goal is not, was not my end goal. You know, did I have aspirations to play NFL a little bit, but I was a baseball guy, you know? So, you know, my goal at the end isn't his same goal. You know, he wants to be the man. He wants to get a couple more balls and things like that, you know? So, you know, his end goal is go to NFL. And by all means, if he thinks that that's the move to go, by all means, do it. I'm not mad at him. You know, I don't blame him. You know, is the move a little unorthodox? Of course, you know, you just beat Alabama. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not going to be mad at a kid for choosing his own destination and his own destiny, um, you know, just because you not want to be in the red and black. Right. Well, it's, you know, y'all are passionate and y'all are football fans. and It is unorthodox, but y'all have seen it before on the basketball side. Severe Wheeler, y'all beat, he beat Kentucky. Through the inbounds pass that led to the assist that beat Kentucky, mm-hmm. transfers to Kentucky. He beats him, then joins him. Now, cuz Burton 
is doing the same thing. Beat Alabama, <laughs> join Alabama. So y'all have had it both happen on in both football and basketball in the past year. So it's 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 weird. It's unique, but it's it's crazy. It's, it's happened two times like that. Yeah, I mean it's it's and, and it certainly happened uh, the other way around where Marie Smith came in 2016. But, you know, I, honestly, we were talking off air, and, and when I saw the news, I was like, why Bama? It's like, anybody but Bama, you know, because it just feels just feels like, why go to why go somewhere like Alabama? Why not try to get, like, I heard Ole Miss was a possible destination. I, I think that would have been an even better fit for him because he would step in there and instantly be the guy, and they throw the pill around too. So I, I was excited that he was going to join Lane Kiffin. Um, you know, if there was anywhere he was going to go, I, I thought that was going to be his best fit. But you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, you hate to lose the kid. Um, I can say I like it, I don't like it, all I want. But at the end of the day, he made a business decision uh, for himself. You know, more the merrier. When 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 Georgia tees off against Alabama, I hope he has zero catches for zero yards. Uh, <laughs> One carry for minus 12, and we beat the hell out of Alabama. Otherwise, I wish him well. I hope he makes it to the NFL and, and, and does big things, and I hope he remembers uh, where his bread was buttered. That's the University of Georgia. Alabama's just borrowing him until he goes to the NFL, so I hope he realizes yeah. that. But, um, you know, One thing I, that Alabama I wish him well. has done, you know, they, they have, you know, they are the wide receiver <clears throat> factor right now. Mm-hmm. If you look at their body of work with receivers right now, they we got a lot of first rounders going out. Um, so to me, you know, it was a business decision, you know, and I'm not going to be mad at any young man for making a business decision and betting on himself. That's one thing I'm not going to do. So right. um, Georgia, on the other hand, we really hadn't put down anybody, you know, yet um, in a long time, you know, since AJ, uh, TK and Marlon, all those guys kind of left. Um, we got a couple you know, that are in the NFL right now, but they aren't making a big impact, you know, as years pass. So, you know, for me, I think it was a big decision for him. Um, you know, you got Devontae Smith, Waddle, um, you know, before the situation with Ruggs, him, um, you know, Ridley, all those guys that, that have come through Alabama, although all those guys yeah. have gone first round. So, you know, it was a business decision, and I'm not mad at a kid for making a business decision. No, never, and 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 that goes for any anybody. I mean, anybody going from some from place A to place B. Uh, most of the time, there's a reason. And you know, when you look at Georgia's roster, they were going to have to purge some people anyway, because they've got to get down to 85. Um, and a lot of teams are going through this because you know COVID. They expanded their rosters. Now they have uh, bring this you know, brought the scholarship limit back down to 85. So a lot of people are having to get on the move in this weird kind of transitional period. So um, it's not abnormal and there's going to be more to go uh, from, from Georgia and from just about everywhere else. So buckle up, man, this, uh, this transfer portal ride is going to get even bumpier. So uh, Vinny, I wanted to, excuse me. I wanted to ask you about Javon Baker. A uh, big, uh, big receiver coming to to Kentucky from Alabama. So they get Jermaine. They lose Baker. Yeah. Baker goes to UK. This is the second year in a row you've gotten what seems to be well. It seemed to be a big transfer. Turned out to be a big transfer in Wondell Robinson. Now you get the same in Javon Baker. What are the expectations for him? Is is the room's going to be crazy? It's going to be a lot of competition. Uh, 
Wandale is leaving, so that's a lot of production that is, is heading out the door, and you can't blame him either. Um, they got the kid from Virginia Tech coming in as well. Uh, good recruiting class. And uh, I don't know if Baker still didn't think he'd get a lot of clock at Alabama. And a lot of it, too, is Kentucky actually showing balance on offense, throwing the ball. You saw what Wondell was able to do. Uh, there's some kids there now that are on this incoming class, Dane Key out of Lexington, that wasn't looking at Kentucky at all and commits to Kentucky. He was looking at Michigan. He was looking at South Carolina. Sees what Cohen does in his offense and decides to stay home. Wandell a couple years ago didn't stay home. He went to Nebraska because the offense was just just three yards in a cloud of dust, not you know uh, appealing to an elite wide receiver. And now we've seen in one year uh, you get Will Levis coming back. You get another year in Cohen's offense. So. You know, now, now you got guys coming in. Okay, we can we can actually come to Kentucky and and get a little something done through the air when that hadn't been the case in a long time. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Le- I think Levis has proven that. You know, as I as I shamelessly uh, plug our chat here, <laughs> filling it with uh, filling it up with some follow up questions for you to think about. Uh, is Kentucky turning into a wide receiver factory themselves? Uh, maybe, and, and I think Will Levis proved that he could push the ball downfield. Liam Cohen proved he's going to have some more uh, creative schemes, even though they're still run heavy. And, and Israel, we talked about uh, on, on Believe in Georgia Dogs last week that. You know, you can't really get an explosive passing attack without an explosive run game. Kentucky has shown that. All these NFL guys that come in, Todd Monken, Liam Cohen, and the countless others, they come in and it's it's run first. We're going to establish a run. And you see these offenses kind of take off and put up big numbers. So Wondell Robinson had a huge year. He'll get a big payday um, in, in, in that regard. So I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm glad he decided to come home. Uh, because I think he he was wasting away out there in Nebraska, but um, yeah, Javon Baker, I expect him to step in, step right in, and and, and be a factor. I mean, you know, I, I think he can be somebody that I, I don't know that he can take the torch that Wandell Robinson had because Wandell Robinson was just such a you know a dynamic weapon. I, I don't know what Javon Baker can bring in those regards, um, but I certainly have high expectations for him uh, coming in. I think he can make an immediate impact. Yeah, when a wide receiver is transferring to Kentucky, you know, that that that's saying something about that offense because I haven't seen them throw the ball like they've done this year since the Woodson days. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a long time, you know. So when a receiver is transferring to Kentucky, that means they're doing something right. Um, as far as, you know, like you said, pushing the ball downfield, um, not just relying on the run. So I think Kentucky's trending in the right direction. You can tell they're, they're getting recruits, everything at the transfer portal. I mean – the sky's the limit for every other program. Yeah, no doubt. Um, did, did y'all, Vinny? Did y'all lose anybody big in the in the portal? Um, Cedric Dort, a corner transfer today. Grad transfer is leaving, going to Wisconsin, which is hmm. a bit of a blow. They're kind of thin at corner. Uh, of Corker was already leaving; was already graduating. Um, so they got to get some DBs. Had a couple guys in the portal they thought they were getting and it hasn't kind of worked out yet. So they're going to kind of in scramble mode a little bit as far as DBs are concerned. Um, but we've 
like you said, with the portal now is you, you mm-hmm. maybe not panic as much as you would have in the past. And they, they played the portal game really well last year, as far as bang for your buck, you know, Will Levis, Wondell Robinson, Darren Rosenthal, Jacquez Jones, every one of those guys came in and balled. So, you know, their track record in the portal is pretty good. And I'm interested to see what they kind of do to kind of address some of these needs that have popped up uh, in the secondary because uh, they're a little thin now, but they they got to they got to fill some spots back there. Yeah, they do, and I think they can. I mean, that's that's what the portal's for. It's for you know, it's kind of like a get well soon uh, place, and I think a lot of people are benefiting. I know, I know, Arkansas is benefiting. They, you know, they got Latavius Brini uh, amongst others. Uh, you know, it's notable to, to Israel and I, but. You know, I, I think that, you know, he can make an impact there. I, I think that with, with the defense, the scheme that they play, I think he might be a better fit there in Barry Odom's scheme. Mm-hmm. With that, and I think I saw Billingsley um, <clears throat> from Alabama's going to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's not like – Uniting with Stark. We, you know, it's not like we are losing, you know, so much at Georgia. I mean, it's, it's – everybody's losing something somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so – you know, for yeah. most fans, especially our Georgia fans, everybody just calm down. I mean, it's, we we we're getting we're plucking kids out of transfer portal. We got guys coming back. I mean, Coach Kirby and all those guys still on the recruit mm-hmm. trail. So I mean, you know, we we got time. Everybody just chillax. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's part of the process. You win some, you lose some. Um, like I said the other day, the more trophies you win, I mean, the more problems you have. That's right. <laughs> And then the last one I wanted to talk about Israel, Lavoisier Carroll. Is he going to be a running back at South Carolina or is he going now? Is he just, is he just a corner? Um, I think he's a corner. I think, I think uh, they need a little bit of help in the secondary. So I think, um, I think that's a good move for him. Um, you know, South Carolina's on a move, you know, you get to reunite with uh, coach Beamer. Um, so, you know, and it, and you got to look at it. A lot of these kids are going places where they have relationships that was already established, you know, even on their yeah. recruiting trail. You know, the coaches that, you know, recruited them are also looking at them through the portal. So, you know, you yeah. can say, well, why is he doing that? Well, the same coach that recruited him is the guy that's there now. So, you know, there's a yeah. rhyme and a reason for everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so, and and they're kind of bringing them in as a as an athlete, I think, because they are losing Kevin Harris and Zaquandre White to the NFL draft. So there, there's a there's some sort of thought maybe that when he gets there, they'll kind of see where he fits. So you know, the old school like they're recruiting you as an athlete, and they're just gonna kind of figure it out as as you go, which. I think that's kind of a cop out, but it's kind of a kind of a lazy thing. But uh, in cases like this, maybe because they might have a need at running back. So, and if you watch his IMG running back highlights, holy cow, man, they're ridiculous. Um, I mean, he's a great athlete. So, um, just couldn't see the field at Georgia. Was definitely not gonna was definitely not gonna get uh, ahead on the running back depth chart for sure. Um, and then yeah. couldn't quite crack the uh, the cornerback either. So. Uh, good move for him, I, I think. And uh, you know, if he wants more playing time, and he's going to go to a program that's on the rise, South Carolina is a spot for him. So, um, any last thoughts on transfer portal, guys? No, I mean, or I think this is a fresh start for guys, and um, 
you know, when I was coming up, you know, you had to sit out of the year. I think it's great that they get to play, you know, as soon as they get there, make an impact. Um, and like I said, it's a business decision for anybody. It always depends on what your end goal is. Um, if your end goal is just to play, then, you know, most people stay where they are. But most most players, especially football players, end goal is make it to the NFL. And I'm never going to be mad at a kid for making a business decision and betting on himself and going somewhere where he feels like he has a better chance to, you know, make his dreams come true. Absolutely. Can't, can't go wrong there, man. Cannot go wrong there at all. So um, that's a transfer portal. Like it, love it, whatever you want to do. I, I think it's, I think it's in really, really good shape. You could maybe clean a couple things up on it, maybe perhaps, but you know, I think overall, I, I think they're doing the right thing with it. So it's all good. Yeah. That is. You know, I think a lot of people freaked out about it, thinking it was just going to it's going to be the wild wild west, it's going to be chaos. And there's a lot of movement and and stuff like that, but it's it's not it's, to the level that a lot of people panicking thought it was going to be. It's it's chaos yeah. right now because of COVID, and like this whole like <laughs> it's almost like you're releasing, you know. It's like that scene, you know, with the Cowboys games where they just open the gates and everybody just comes rushing in, you know. It's kind of like that. <laughs> that ain't happened in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I bring my Cowboys into this. <laughs> He's no hitting way. us below the belt. Oh, man. I'm a Falcons fan, guys, so I can't really say much. <laughs> we know we know. with the gate opens, ain't nobody flooding in there. <laughs> oh, that's right. They're flooded. Though. You can't even you – No, know, it's like you leave people tickets on the windshield and you know, it's like vandalism. Hope, hope somebody takes it. Hope. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, <laughs> nobody's breaking in your car for Falcons tickets. That's for sure. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, well, I guess we could stay with football, right? I, I know kind of the order says Kentucky basketball and talk about hoops, but let's talk about the NFL playoffs real quick. While, while we're on that, you know, <clears throat> the Falcons weren't there. Uh, they were Neither at home were the watching. Cowboys. The Cowboys were at home watching and the Rams avoided that magical score of 28 to three. Um, that thwarted a Tom Brady uh, comeback, and uh, Man. you know it, it also sparked a uh, a weekend full of excitement. Uh, you know the Titans game ended on a walk off. Joe Burrow got sacked nine times, still figured out a way to win. I'm not real sure how that happened. Um, that's my hometown Titans, so uh, I guess you could say I may be a uh, Titans fan a little bit. Um, they're starting to kind of like. See, like there's a race, you know, and the the Falcons are here. Titans are kind of creeping up, you know. So you might see me in two tone blue before too long. But uh, Titans, they number one seed, they lost. Uh, the the Packers, they lost. Uh, they lost in a walk off. Special teams killed that game. Uh, blocked punt, blocked you know, blocked field goal. Uh, you know, walk off for for the Forty ers defense just. They just ruined Aaron Rodgers. Um, the the Rams Bucks that one that one was uh, was crazy. No, no no short of drama. You know, uh, Tom Brady goes down, takes the lead, and Matt Stafford comes right back, drives right back down the field, and set up a, a, a walk off. And then that uh, that Chiefs game that was an okay game. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. There, there was <laughs> that was an all right game. Um, you know, definitely, uh, definitely, definitely not one to write home about, right? 
man, I literally had just tweeted when the because you know we were having a big argument at the at the barbershop about who was going to win that game. The Bills had just gone up. I was like, I tweeted, I told them that the Bills were going to win. And then Patrick Mahomes goes down in 13 seconds and they kick a field goal. 13 freaking seconds. I was like, what (laughs) in the world? I was like, and then you look at the Rams game, and then the Bucks are about to get coached 30 because number 31 literally pissed down his leg. The game, the moment was way too big for him. I was in the backfield, and Cooper Cup runs right by him. Man, you um, have to butter, man. He's straight. And that's exactly how you handle it. You see, they went, Stafford went right down, umpire touched the ball, clock it, kick the field goal. Mm-hmm. That is how you do it. Hey, Dak, I hope you're watching. That's exactly how you do it. Um, yeah. You know, um, watching the, the Green Bay game, this is the most NFL football I've watched in forever. Other than, you know, I watched Cowboys play, but I mean, these were some great. <clears throat> games um and it's amazing since they expanded to 17 games that these guys are still playing balls to the wall um you know i still think 17 games is too many Um, but you know they are they're they're playing and they're balling out and these games were absolutely awesome Mm -hmm. absolutely every time you looked up when you tell you tell somebody from the 49 was dragging themselves off the field you know because you played 17 games they had to win their 17th game to even be in the playoffs. Had to beat the Rams in the, the last game. Mm-hmm. Now they're, you know, you, know, you catch fire, it's like in the bottle, you, you barely get in, and then you're on the road. You know, the Giants did it with Eli Manning a few years ago. We've seen it in baseball where a team just barely sneaks in because they've been going around in for two months. And then the next thing you know, they're in the World Series because they've been in survival mode already in the top team in the American League or National League gets beat because this team's already been in, you know, you know live or die mode. Same thing now with the 49ers. Um, yep. They already had to scrape and claw and, and fight and scrap. And here they are, game away from the Super Bowl. You can look at Shanahan, and he looks like he's living off of Newport's and coffee every day. <laughs> he looks like he he's, he looks yeah. like he smokes a pack a day and is drinking coffee because he's like, oh boy, here we go, you know. And that's just that just shows the grind that they're in and they're committed to it. So super gremlins everywhere. Yeah, I, I would like I would like to spend a week in that organization just to kind of see what they do. How are they playing at this level? Still, um, I mean, I think part of why they were dragging themselves off the fields because it was like negative four degrees out there in Green Bay. So, and it was like That's driving terrible. snow. And it's those are uh, Israel's favorite playing conditions. You can't, you can't, <laughs> like, there's no way to prepare for that. You're in San Francisco. I mean, there's no way to prepare for what you're about to get into, too. You know, Garoppolo's out there throwing with four fingers on one hand. Um, so, I mean, it's, it just shows you the toughness that they have. Debo yeah, limped Debo. off the field several times. Kittle was limping off the field several times. Just, you know, Debo got Garbage. blown up. Debo got lit up. Mm-hmm. And I, don't know, it hurts, man. It hurts getting hit in the cold like that. Whatever it was, he was up there trying to get his breath. Came back in, you know, picked up that key uh, third down conversion mm-hmm. to keep it all going. And the, the they they're doing this in spite of Jimmy G. They can say what they want. I know they're a physical team. They run the game, running game, defense, and all that. But you know, 
I think the last time they were in the title game and went to the Super Bowl when they lost to the Chiefs, I think Jimmy G only threw eight times that game. So they they know that we can't we can't let this dude just we can't put it all in his hands. Because <laughs> yeah, he's gonna give it away. He, yeah, he, he is. Threw a he pick is. For Brown in the Cowboys game. If if I'm the Rams, I sell out on the on the run. The Cowboys were fortunate to be in position to have a drive to win the game as bad as they played. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G kind of let them back in it. And uh, kind of threw two picks. Threw one against Green Bay. He, so he they know this dude, if we, we, we give him too much, he's gone. He's gonna have some mm-hmm. turnover. And we yeah. win in spite of that, you know. <laughs> just get the ball, it's get, quick, get it to Debo, get it to Kittle. And just get out the way, Jimmy. <laughs> it's like he wants to be the hero, so he's trying to make them lose so they can come back. <laughs> Something like that. Sabotaging. Why is Tom so, Rinaldi interviewing him after the game? Why didn't you interview him, Debo, or, or somebody else? Why didn't you interview Jimmy or, for? Or Bosa or somebody. <laughs> why, why is I mean, Jimmy Bosa? Bosa's a freaking cheat code, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a cheat code. Debo Samuel is a freaking cheat code. Brandon Ayuk is uh, he's a liability too. <laughs> They're winning despite Jimmy G and Brandon Ayuk. Yes, it is. It, it's, it's unreal. Ayuk, like every every single time you see a bad 49ers play, who's around number eleven? Ayuk. It's it's unreal. Not not to be the believe in 49ers pod. You should check them out um, if you want some detailed analysis. But um, I I think. That team's unbelievable how they're winning. I, I just I don't get it because Jimmy G is awful. It's not awful, but in, in stretches he is awful. Especially like midway through the third quarter, kind of that kind of that stretch, like mid third through like early fourth, like that stretch. He's awful. Yeah, it makes me even sicker as a Cowboys fan. No, that's what you lost to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially um, have the lead. Don't give him the lead because he's definitely going to ruin it for you. And as a Titans supporter, yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not ready to call myself a fan yet, but as a Titans supporter, uh, because I live in Nashville, um, seeing Ryan Tannehill play the quarterback position kind of gives me that feel as well. One of eight on third down through a pick to start each half. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. That's what I tweeted out. The Bengals start the Bengals get the ball in both halves. That's what I said. I'm like, geez, man. <laughs> Like they were playing from behind, they were playing behind the eight ball the whole freaking time, man. Uh, their defense, I, th- that game should have been a blowout, and, their, and, and the yeah. Titans' defense was outstanding. I mean, Mike Vrabel did everything he could to keep this team in the game. Just couldn't, just couldn't hold on at the end. Uh, and and I, I think all he had to do was just take an E, and you go into overtime, and you give yourself a chance. But he throws an ill-advised pass into freaking triple coverage. Man, that was Get a terrible it. route. Terrible route. Terrible, terrible route. route. Yeah, that guy was Maybe a fifth round it. rookie. Like you're throwing triple coverage, playoffs, one seed, game on the line. You're throwing to a fifth round rookie in triple coverage in traffic. What did you think was going to happen? I mean, I, I get it. They're pros. They get paid. And the defense gets paid too, but. What are you doing, Tannehill? Like, you got to know who you have in that situation. It ain't like you're throwing to freaking Julio. It ain't like you're throwing to A.J. Brown in that scenario. Yeah. Like, if you're going to force a ball, force a ball to one of those two guys. Mm-hmm. Not Westbrook Aina. <laughs> Westbrook Hyena. 
<laughs> whatever the hell his name is. Um, I, 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 and, and then, you know, of course, Joe Burrow just, dude, just gets knocked down, gets, gets up again. Oh, my God. <laughs> that bingo's off times. That man killed. <laughs> wow. Um, and then, you know, of course, the Rams game, you know, the Rams, the Rams and the 49ers are very similar in the fact that they start strong, they they wane, and then find some way to win at the end <clears throat> to make it look good. Um, you know, they got I did everything to lose that game. Yeah. They should have lost. They should have lost. It went from they should have blown the, the Bucks out to they should have lost to wow. What a drive. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was watching the Falcons in the Super Bowl all over again. It was, 20, it, it was 27, said 27 to three. Yeah. yeah. And they were, Brady, Brady saw that. He's like, Tom Brady. Game on. Yeah. You can't do that. The goal line to make it 34 to three and, you know, coughed it up. And then coughed it up again. Acres was just fumbleitis, man. Mm hmm. Mm. You can't give Tom Brady that many opportunities and think that he's not going to come back. You can't. No. He doesn't he he cussed everybody out. He doesn't cussed everybody out and everything. Yeah, the, de- the defense had him shook. Leonard Floyd, Vaughn yeah. Miller, Aaron yeah. Donald had him shook. He was rattled, <clears throat> mad because his mouth was bleeding. He fussing at the ref. I'm surprised that they threw a flag on him. I mean, they actually flagged him for that. Tom got a flag. Oh, my God. And that's that's what shocked me, you know. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. That ref said, he said, Tom, I'm not a punk. You are not from the punk me on national TV. (laughs) It's literally what he said. He threw that flag high, too. He He puts him off into that that thing. (laughs) Yeah. He is a hockey league, though, so he probably threw it out of the stadium. Oh, that's true. That's true. His his, uh, old old Papa Ed is, is probably really proud of him on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he ain't made it until he's wearing the the medium t-shirt and he can't put his hands together to call hold you know it's kind of like this <laughs> with the guns out they <laughs> actually push us before he gets on tv yeah right <laughs> hey Stu, the only way to rattle tom brady is just throw a curveball at him man <laughs> must have some heavy ocd so yeah no yeah throw a curve at him um or just completely destroy their right tackle. Poor, poor guy was uh, beaten like a drum mm-hmm. the, the whole tackle. freaking they were, time. They were moving them out the way. Like, excuse me, I got to go make this tackle. <laughs> they were doing it politely, <laughs> <laughs> like the, like it wasn't even there, man. Just <laughs> bloop, get out of my way. The guy just flying. I mean, spot. excuse me. I mean, that's 320 pounds flying through the air like a freaking rag doll. Yes. Like, are you kidding me? We all have Rick children. Miller, so that's huh? like when your children doing something, then you go to grab them real quick. You're like, come here. You know, it's like, no, excuse me. Or they try yeah. to run away and you just stop them right in their tracks, you know? Yeah, it's terrible. And just pull them back and they can't do anything about it. I mean, and I, I hate the I hate the NFL rules too. The overtime rules have got to go. They got to do something about that. That game shouldn't have ended like that. I think the no. Bills should have had another shot at it. Uh, should they go full college? That game was good to end. I, I think, I think each team should get a possession at least for sure. In my opinion, you yeah. know, whether okay. you score punt whatever, I think you should at least get a possession to go down 
you have to be able to. I mean, it is pros. You know, yeah. they can score five men, but I think you do. You should get a chance to score. You know, to be just like a touchback. You know, your chance to go down and score. Yeah, I would. Uh, I I would even just say play an extra ten minute period, and however it ends is how it ends. And if there's a tie, you know, you go into two point two point conversion battle. You know, um, that'll work, dude. But kind of like what soccer does with gold like goals. I, I felt like. Yeah, I felt like a bit more on to it because I I just I feel like if the Bills had one more shot, they'd have went down and scored two. If, if the Bills yeah. had won the toss, they would have won the game. So whoever won the toss was winning yep. last night. Both defenses were uh, that that one dude's going to get coached thirty for the, for the yes, Chiefs. For <laughs> yeah, he, he's 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 going to get coached thirty. One was too Packers, big. And the Packers special teams coach got to get coached thirty because. You got ten minutes on the field for the field goal at the end. You get a punt blocked. You all their special teams been horrible all year. <clears throat> He's not going to get coached thirty. He's going to get football scooped. Yeah, right. <laughs> Packers fire special teams coordinator. He he's going to go to Bama. Yeah, as many people are that are up top and are affiliated with these organizations, somebody should have been downstairs saying, "Hey, we only have ten on the field." Well, we have every how many on the field. Something ain't right, you know. Yeah, we have a guy specifically upstairs that counts everybody on special teams for that particular reason. His job exactly. is to count special teams people. That's right. Uh, I mean, yeah. high, high schools can do that. Like my high school, we barely had any of those penalties. I, I say that now we're going to have one each game next year. So you know, I just jinx myself. That's right. Uh, Stumac, welcome. Uh, as they say, in, we're coming all the way from Scotland. Hey. So, anybody want to attempt this uh, Scottish accent with this sentence here? Come out of there, you wee men. Come out of there, you wee men. You're going to get hurt. <laughs> Stu Mac, nobody ever, nobody ever accused a, a Southern guy from Georgia to to for a Scottish accent. Yeah. Then, uh, and then Israel, your Russian, your Russian friends are in here again. I see that they're back. They're following you. That's probably why you kept going in and out. Probably more the than Russians, likely. man. Russians coming to get you. So, uh, what is what is that a? <laughs> So yeah, hey, what is that? Farm red. Uh, don't don't hurt yourself trying to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's spam, bro. <laughs> I see the wheels turning. It's like what? that's what? Yeah, what? The, the, the hamster wheels going, man. <laughs> Smoke coming from above your head, Vinny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That folks, that is steam coming from Vinny's head. It is. Yes. His brain is working. His brain is working overtime. His brain lost the coin toss <laughs> in overtime. So yeah, I you know I I hate the overtime rules. I've hated them for for a while. I mean, I, I'm I'm glad. I was glad when they changed them. I was like, okay, well, we're in a step in the right direction. I don't know that that's the, the best way to change them, but we're we're headed in the right direction. It used to just be first team to score any points won. So essentially, if you want to toss, you know you're going to win the game. Now, um, when a team is hot like that, if you win the toss, yeah, you're going to go down there and, and score it. But 
I, I think I think you just play the ten minute period, and if it ends in a tie, you go two point conversions until somebody wins. Um, and I think they should do it the regular season. I think they should just get rid of ties altogether. Just just go basically like <clears throat> one play from the five each 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 team until until you don't get it. <clears throat> yep. May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> exactly. So I mean. <laughs> It's just it's crazy, but you know, seventeen games. You have like a nine nine overtime game for this. Can you imagine seeing the stat line? Uh, Seattle wins two to nothing in nine overtimes. <laughs> Both teams just kept missing. <laughs> exactly. Iowa, Penn State. They played all those overtimes. It was only twenty eighteen. Was that Il- Illinois? It was Illinois, Penn State. Illinois, yeah. yeah it's like that. 19 to yeah. 17 or something like that. Man. It just kept missing. <laughs> Essentially, I mean, you we were pretty close with those two. <laughs> it just kept like missing. All that extra football and yeah. 38 combined points. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, yeah. Louise. If you, if you bet the under, you won. <laughs> you won big time. Probably. You probably, if you're betting, but do you really win if you're betting on Illinois football? Nah. Nah, probably not, right? Not particularly. Not particularly. So, Israel, let's talk about some depressing stuff, at least for us. For for Vinny, for old Vinny here, Kentucky is essentially back. I mean, they, they hit a little road bump in Auburn, the number one ranked Tigers. Um, number two at the time, but now they are the number one team in the land. Um but I, I think Vinny, what drove that game? I actually watched that game, which is big for me because I don't typically watch basketball. But um, w- when you look at that game, uh, you know the two injuries. I think you know Severe Wheeler goes out, even though he's not out for the game. He's out for a key stretch of the game. Like yeah. what? Like what were your? What was running through your head throughout the course of that game? Well, this was, you you know I could mention that LSU you. You just want to see what they're able to do on the road, and because the fans were upset about the home schedule, we played a bunch of nobodies. So you go to Notre Dame and get beat and look and struggle. So let's see what this team can do on the road. And you get severe hurt at LSU. You get Tata Washington hurt at LSU. They're up nine at that time. You're looking pretty good, and then you know you lose your backcourt. No scoring. The offense bogged down. Can't hold a lead. And it was kind of a carbon copy at Auburn. Full strength. They, they punched them in the mouth. They're up 17 to 7. They're up 10 or 12. <clears throat> game. You lose your backcourt again. Tata Washington twists his ankle. And it, it looked like they were fixing to just, you know, they got him switched up on Auburn's big man. And he hit a floater right over top of him. And then he lands and twists his ankle. I think they're <clears throat> to wear him out. Mm-hmm. Until Auburn did something to adjust and you know to switch, I think they're gonna get him switched on that big and just milk it. And then he goes out, Willie goes out. Um, they had trouble stopping penetration. Auburn's dudes were getting into the lane and lobbing it up to the big guy. That's what they they feasted on that and scored a bunch of points. Um, so you just and I think it re- was reflected in the polls. <clears throat> Kentucky didn't drop in the polls. They still stayed 12th, even mm-hmm. though they lost to Auburn. I think they kind of took into consideration, well, they they were handling business. 
could have had a two injury, which injuries are part of it. Mm-hmm. I think if you get another shot at him, if you can play a game without the injury bug hitting you, I believe they're going to be all right. You know, because there's still... someone just calls screen. <laughs> yes, yeah, holler Jeez. those screens out because that's twice. <laughs> that's twice Severe's got rocked. Yeah, you know, he's picking up a guy full court, and you know they slide over and and hit him with a big solid back screen with a big. Um, it's, and speaking of that, too, we got flashback. The first time it happened was LSU, and then he missed a couple games. He was out. I forget. He came back against Tennessee, but he missed a couple games because he didn't play against Georgia because Georgia came to Lexington. And why, why is Tom Crean going to hug him by the neck? When no one can wear, he got a neck injury. He's like, hey, dude, stay healthy. And he's up there yanking on, <laughs> yanking on his neck. <laughs> Tom freaking Crean, man. Tom, what are you doing, man? You know the dude's hurt with your creepy self. Your creepy self. He gets the he gets the the uh come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Tom knew what he was doing, trying to, you know, trying to dap him up and then you know, give him a little extra <laughs> little choke on the neck. But yeah, if they can if they can stay healthy. I, I, I believe we, you know, they're going to be fine. Yeah. The injury bug has been biting them here a little bit and not able to see a full, complete team on the road. But I think if everybody can be healthy, they'll, they'll be good. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, I think this is not the last that we're going to see out of Kentucky. I know, I know people are quick. People are just quick these days to write, write teams off. And, and I think uh, writing off Kentucky would be a huge, huge mistake. Uh, for uh, for everyone, and, and I think when when you when you do that, you know you you can't you can't discount the fact that hey they played their ass off and lost their entire backcourt. Auburn was riding high on some momentum. They their student section was jacked up. You yes. know, Katie Johnson, uh, former teammate of Severe Wheeler, both at Georgia, now playing for the number two and or number one and number twelve teams respectively. And man, it was. The atmosphere in Auburn was was, was unreal. Uh, I, I would like to see Kentucky. I would like to see Auburn get Kentucky on on the on a tournament setting yeah. and kind of see where the tables would turn. Because obviously, Calipari and they have that they have that tournament experience that that Auburn doesn't have, and and some of those situations that that could get probably possibly get too big for for Auburn. But man, that was just a really good, well fought basketball game. And it, Man, you got people picnicking outside with tents, and it's 30, 20 something degrees outside. I mean, you <laughs> knew it was going down. Auburn wasn't going to leave there without a fight. Yeah, Israel's Israel's uh, peak conditions right there. It's a, no, <laughs> I work and pay rent for. Uh, I pay this mortgage for a reason, so I ain't got to sleep outside for mm-hmm. any reason, except for shooting a hog. Right? Do you do you, you don't camp out for that, do you? Oh no! <laughs> I got a box stand. I got a box stand, and it has heat. I have a heater in it, so I, I refuse to be outside in the cold like that. It was a back and forth with Auburn and Kentucky. Um, I think Matt Jones from KSR went on Roy and Kublik and and said that you know everybody was. You know, Auburn was camping out because Kentucky was in town, and Auburn tried to say, mm-hmm. "Oh, we're we're not doing it. We this is just another game." But it's 
you know, it wasn't. Kentucky, Kentucky's <laughs> been the draw in basketball forever. It's always, you know, a, a whiteout, a t-shirt night. We're bringing back this coach. We're retiring somebody's jersey. That's everywhere Kentucky goes. Auburn was number two last Tuesday. They tried to say Kentucky was just another game. They played Georgia at home. They didn't camp out for Georgia, but but they camped out for Kentucky. They didn't have to. (laughs) I'm just (laughs) – so they can say that it was just another game, but it wasn't. They camped out for Kentucky. That's why they was taking their shirts off and running through this crowd after they won. Because <laughs> Kentucky is the Alabama of basketball, man. Yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody wants a piece of them. Yeah, so, to beat you know, man, Tennessee, you beat man. Tennessee always, you know, do have uh, Allen Houston back or Bernard King or you know, whenever they do something with Chris Lofton, you can bet your house that'll be when Kentucky's in town. It's just, you know, it's the way it's always been. So it was just funny hearing Auburn try to say, no, we, we ain't doing nothing special for y'all. We should do nothing. Come on. Come on. Now, then, then camp out for Georgia, who is winless in the conference. <laughs> Israel, that was – I don't know if you watched that game. I hosted on Ravon Sports for the Georgia-South Carolina uh-huh. basketball game. Mm-hmm. That was miserable. Dude, I can't. I, there's a lot of things I can do, but I can't watch that. It, it I can't miserable. watch one thing that bothers me and you know you guys you know coaches and you guys understand is watching a team play not to the best of their ability and that's exactly what we're doing right now and I we're understand it's probably going to happen at the exactly it's probably going to happen at the end of the season um, but they're not playing hard I can't I can't watch a team not play hard I can watch you play hard and get beat I mean I can watch that but I can't watch you not play hard yeah. and get destroyed can't do that yeah Exactly. You were a baseball guy and a football guy, but when you did step on the court, Israel, what, what was your game like? What was your basketball game? Um, for me, and especially now, you know, because I'm, I'm still reliving my hoop dreams. You know, at school, um, uh, he takes about, him in the gym. He, you're the you're the PE teacher that just rains on him, aren't you? Yes, yes. It's about for me. It's about quickness and 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 toughness for me. Um, if I'm bigger than you, then I'm going to try to drive you to the hole. Um, you know, just basically just team basketball. Um, to me, basketball is not hard, but it's methodic. You know, you have to do certain things in order to be great at the sport. I can't coach basketball. I can tell you little bits and pieces to win, you know, basketball games. And right now, one of those, we're not doing very well, and that's playing with heart. You know, you can see it mm-hmm. as they run up and down the court, as they come onto the court. Uh, you can watch in the coaching and just the staff on the side on the sideline. It just doesn't look good, you know. If I could go up there and coach basketball right now, I would. But they probably I think they should just. <laughs> I think they should just hand the hand the reins over to Coach Taylor and let her coach the boys and the girls at this point. I bet they'll be better. Yeah, yeah, old Joni. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, you know, Israel. I we we could sit here and say, okay, we're not really good in transition. We're terrible on the boards. We're we're, we're not very we're, we're not very good for, but. All of that comes from the fact that we're just we just don't play hard. We're not competitive. Yeah. We're just we're just out there. And it's just like we're five guys running around in the same jersey. Yeah. And it's all you know, basketball players have tend to have a tendency to try to act tough, you know, like they're big guys on campus and mm-hmm. you're not. 
your football team just won national title. Baseball team is ranked number twelve in the nation. Gymnastics is killing it. I mean, softball basketball is fifteen and three. Two. You know, so you're you're not looking very good. You know, and that's a reflection not just on you, but just on the whole entire program as a whole. Uh, you're not going to get recruits, um, and you wonder why kids are going to Kentucky because they want to win. And it ain't even the fact of going to the NBA anymore because if you're really good, they'll find you. But mm-hmm. it's the point of they want to win. They want to be a part of something special. And right now, we're not very special right now. I mean, that, that's just the truth. That's just right. not, and that's just an outside guy looking in. I'm not even a guy pulling the strings. You know, you go to the Kentucky game and you see the passion. You see Calabari over there just going ham. Bruce Pearl over there sweating through his nipples. He's it's, that's what basketball <laughs> is to them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so oh, I mean, then you look at us and it's like, all right. you know, now is it yeah. with everybody mm-hmm. else doing so good? Is that maybe a good thing that nobody's even paying attention to Tom Crean? Or is it apathy? Nobody even bothers? Or is it a a frustration about, you know, we should be doing better? Is there still people upset about Georgia basketball? Or is it just men's basketball Georgia is completely ignored because everybody's focusing on the championship, the parade, the women's team, the gymnastics, the baseball? What's what is it? Is is there, is there still some the fan base that's ticked off and pissed about it, or is everybody everybody's like, every, well? Th- there's a segment that's pissed off, and that's a very small segment, and the rest are just kind of like it, it's apathy. turned into eh. apathy. Yeah, total yeah. apathy. Like mm. like that's nobody talks about basketball. That's the worst. Ever. Yeah. Like it, it, that's, that's it how far it's standpoint of a coach. I'm looking at it from the standpoint of a coach. And they're just not playing hard. And I don't, I don't have sympathy, apathy, empathy, all the words that end in why I don't have any of them <laughs> right now because they're not playing hard. And you can see, and that's the bad thing is, is blatantly obvious. Yeah. Blatantly obvious. And like I said, I'm not a basketball coach. You know, I can't go out there and do the things that basketball coaches do because that's just not my sport. But one thing you are, you will do. If I was the best, you're gonna play hard. That's what you're gonna do. And we're just yeah. not doing that. They're they're not physical. They're not hard. They play with no heart. And yeah. and I, I just that starts at the top. Yeah, and and it's and it's got. I mean, I, I think yeah, I think we all know what's gonna happen. So the question is now, where do you go? And I, I think it's got to be somebody that's young. I think you know you're going to have to roll the dice. I mean, you, you're not getting, you're not you're not going to lure John Calipari away from Kentucky. You're just not going to do it. Like I, I know that's the that's you know every coaching search. It's okay. Who you know? Oh, we're going to get Jim Calhoun. We're going to get Tom Izzo. We're going to get Coach K. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not even going to get we're not even going to get Wojcikowski. Like, I mean, you know. We we've got to really think outside the box here. What's like, what's the old Louisville coach? Is, is Patino? Is it Patino? I'm at this point. I'm willing to roll the dice to get Patino at this point because this is bad. Or you go and get one of these young uh, NBA guys that just got fired, and you go get one of those guys. I think you get a young NBA guy. I mean, those guys they know basketball. It's just that's not the problem. 
Um, you, you just you just go get one of those guys and and say, okay, come on in and get us turned around. You know, I, I think if you just get three guys out of Atlanta every year, you don't really need to do any recruiting. You just go get three guys out of Atlanta every year. Mm-hmm. Supplement with some, you know, supplement here and there, but for the most part, go get your three main guys out of Atlanta and let's roll. Slick Rick, I don't know if he would come to Athens or not, but he's he can not a chance play. in hell he would go to he would go to Athens. Nah, that's just that's just wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. He's rocking and rolling at, at Iona. <laughs> yeah, he was that much earlier and everything. <laughs> oh man, like. I would even say go get Tommy Amaker. Go get, I mean, just just find some like mid major guy that always like kills it in the freaking tournament. That could yeah. use a raise and just pay him. Mm-hmm. Just pay the guy. Like go get uh, who's the guy at George Mason years ago when they went to the Final Four. Go get that guy. I mean, you can't do any. You can't do much worse. You can't do worse than winless in the conference. I mean. You got to get somebody that's going to relate to the kids, you know, yeah. with, you know, Bruce Pearl and Coach Cal, you know, you know, let's look at it like this. Coach K knew he was going to be on the way out. He knew he couldn't get, he couldn't get with the young crowd anymore. So he retired. He retired on top. I'm mm-hmm. okay with that. You know, yeah. with this day and age and the new basketball era, I mean, the older coaches are great, but they, you got to understand they also have great assistant coaches who, although they're older, you know, they have yeah. good assistant co- young coaches that come in, you know, that can vibe with those kids and do things like that. Georgia yeah. doesn't have any of those from what I've seen. No, they you know, don't. They all know that. Just... They all know the expectation of Coach Cal. Yeah. They know that when they step in that gym, what the expectation is. He ain't going to be in. They know that. But they also have some young coaches on that staff. And I'm pretty sure you know this better not do that. They're like, hey, bro, like, we can't do that. Like, this is how we want to do it. Uh-huh. That can, you know, get them back on track. We don't have that. Because if you see that, then – if we did, then you see a difference in the way we play. And it's not. And, and also those guys, Coach K, even in his last year, Coach K, Tom Izzo, Calipari, you know, those guys, they, they have a certain aura about them. Like they can walk in and it doesn't matter. Like it's like with Nick Saban in football. Like he's 70 years old. And, you know, these kids are like, because it, it's Nick Saban, he doesn't like, like those guys don't have to relate. Those kids have to relate to him. He doesn't have to relate to them. And and they they, they do a great job of hiring assistants and empowering their assistants, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. But I just think when, when you look at these coaches, that's part of that's part of their mystique. That's part of why they can kind of stay in the game a little bit and, and be mm-hmm. successful because they, under, they understand that part of it, and they understand, okay, this is where I'm lacking – so I need to go hire this guy and that guy yep. to kind of help fill those gaps. Exactly. And the kids know that. And the kids aren't stupid. And, and and like Calipari, he's not going to try to be something he's not. The kids will see right through that. He just addresses it with, okay, this guy's going to help supplement me and you know, this guy's going to kind of help boost our program up. And the kids know that versus the kids know that you're just full of, you know what? And I, I think their kids are starting to see that Tom Green is, and, and maybe Tom Green in his next stop will be, will be great somewhere at like St. Bonaventure, but um, he's just not a fit for Georgia. It's just not, it's, it's, it's done. He's, he's written that 
I went to the Final Four at Marquette with Dwayne Wade for a long time. I mean, he he left, he got the Indiana job and and didn't really, you know, Indiana ain't been in Indiana since <clears throat> night, you know. It's, that's, he wasn't able to get them back and they're still. They made there. one Final Four appearance uh, yeah, beyond yeah. Bobby Knight. Uh-huh, with uh, Mike Davis, whatever. Yeah. And now he's at Georgia. I mean, clean. Cream's milked the the D Wade Marquette thing for for two jobs, <laughs> and hasn't really, you know, performed up to expectation in either one of them. Now go now go run the Colonial League. <laughs> go to freaking Monmouth or somewhere. <laughs> and that, the football coach had, that would have as long as he's had to get it right. I don't know one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kirk Ferentz. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't know. Um, especially Power Five. I mean, I think some of these G five guys do, but um, not not in the big, not in Power Five. You ain't gonna have this. You gonna have the talent that he's had, and to still do what you've been doing either. You know what I mean? To oh yeah, to no, totally. See them play inspired basketball, not not inspired basketball. You have Anthony, especially you have Anthony when, Edwards, the number one overall pick. Yeah. And you can't get to the tournament. You can't get to the dance. You have you have Coach a Coach Taylor's tra- over there killing it. Yeah, on the women's side, they're fifteen and, and three. Came in with nothing. Yeah, Jenna Stadium's going to be an All American. Israel, I've grown up. I, I got her name right, Jenna Stady. There you go. That was true. <laughs> One year later. I know, right. Hey. Tell you There's that no Barker girl, she's, she's bad now. You got Barker. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got she's got a squad over there now mm-hmm. that's giving people to run for their money. Yeah, they're they're giving they're they're giving the SEC. I mean, the SEC's dominant women's basketball. I mean, you have Tennessee, mm-hmm. South Carolina, and Georgia. I think all right there. Um, Duke is Ole up Miss there with Carol Lawson. Old Miss is yeah, Old Miss is right there with Georgia, and you know it's mm-hmm. it's crazy, man. Um, but uh, now the football season's over for for the most part. I'm gonna try to get into some. It's you know it's so hard. Like it's really difficult to get into college basketball when your team is bad. Yeah, you know. I can see that. It's just it's just tough. So, but uh, yeah, so, so that's why I rely on you and Vinny to keep me in the basketball loop. Me? I mean, I watch, I watch a couple, <laughs> but I always watch Vinny's tweets, and I'll I'll see your tweets too. I'm like, yeah, I like them and retweet them, you yeah. know, because I'm like, I have no clue what they're talking about. <laughs> if 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 it wasn't if it wasn't for Ravon Sports, I would have not even touched that game last week. Yeah, shout out to Ravon Sports, man. Mm-hmm. They they got some. I, I talked to mm-hmm. I talked to Britt today. They they got some big things going. Uh, over there, so they got some things in the works. They just got to raise some money. So it takes people like you donate. Um, so I'm gonna leave you with this last little nugget before we get out of here. Uh, John Stockton is banned from Gonzaga what? over mask rules. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, Washington State, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, Gonzaga suspended John Stockton's men's basketball season tickets because he won't follow the school's mask mandate. He's a huge wow. anti-vax guy. Um, his jersey is in the rafters. 
Um, this would be like y'all banning Herschel Walker for something, essentially. Essentially, yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, he's the Herschel Walker of Gonzaga. Of Gonzaga, yeah, he's a Herschel. Yeah. It ain't Adam Morrison. Uh, so basically, he's the he's the Dominique of of Gonzaga. He's Dominique Wilkins of Gonzaga. You mean he's the entire? You mean he's the entire history of Gonzaga basketball? Well, for a long time he was until the mm-hmm. past couple of decades when they got you know mid major build up, build up, build up. Yeah. Dan Dickow, Adam Morrison, and you know now they're kind of a household deal. But before all that, it was John Stockton, and I didn't even know. I was a grown man before I even knew we went to Gonzaga. I just knew him as the jazz point guard. And then I was like, oh, he went to Gonzaga? They started lineups. I heard him say it one time or something. Like, oh, him and God. Jeff Hornacek were the last two to, to rock the short shorts. Yeah. <laughs> now the short shorts are coming back. Uh, I miss that. Oh, they miss, you miss me with all that. Yeah. Yes. I, you I mean, that was the 90s kid. It was in the 70s that stuff was everybody's 70s quiet. and 80s. Yeah. Everybody's quadriceps was out, and the socks were high, and the thighs out, thighs out. Yes, and you know David Thompson and all those dudes, and and you know, Mm-mm. and now you know Russell Westbrook, the dudes rolling them up at the waist and trying to get the, and it's coming back to it. But you know, I wasn't, weird. I wasn't a youngster in that that time. That wasn't my thing. Well, if you've I, ever seen Russell Westbrook, to my ankles, his attire outside of basketball. He dresses rather conservatively on the basketball court. You ought to see what he wears. Otherwise, he makes Cam he he makes Cam Newton look look standard. Who? Russell Westbrook. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, that that's that's a part of culture that can miss me too. It's yeah. those outfits, those crazy outfits. I guess they do it for attention. I guess the fact that I'm mentioning it is. It's just kind of why they do it, I guess. Exactly. Oh, you got sucked into it. I know. I know. I got sucked in. I was team <laughs> long shorts. Shorts way below your knees. Shorts to your shins. That was me. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. I, I liked them. Like, I like them right at the knees. Like, I don't like them shins. I, I think that gets it. You know, for me, I'm. it, it makes me look squatty because I'm, I'm not very tall. <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, I'm the shortest power forward in, in the country. <laughs> I have no ball handling skills, but I can, but I can back, I can back you down and, and hit a little baby hook on you. There you go. There you or go. fade away from the baseline. That's it. That's but you asked me to shoot faculty. a three school faculty game. Corey's in, he's ready to go. I, I'm the, I'm the assist rebound. I'm the Rodman of, of the faculty team. Love it. I'm the Love Rodman it. of the faculty team, <laughs> except for the crazy hair. I'm, I'm the Rodman, the faculty team. I'm yeah. the one that gets under the skin. <laughs> hey, that's important. <laughs> Coach Coach Ski, he can have all the points, which he did. He took some dude to school, man. He crossed him up, made him fall down, drove <laughs> it right by him. <laughs> if only he could dunk, that would have capped it off, but... <sighs> Guys, we've been going about an hour and six minutes, um, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap it right there. Student faculty game. I'm gonna be the Rodman of it. Israel's gonna be the the Jordan of his game of his faculty game. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna get the damn ball to Israel and everybody clear out. For me, it's uh, I think- how fast can I get the ball out of my hands. <laughs> So, gotta love it, baby. You gotta love it. 
Then you got to come visit one of one of our. You got to come visit us when we when we play these games. Oh man, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, but we are the Beast of the East podcast. Um, you can find Vinny at Vinny Hardy, which he has right there on the screen at Troopstar twenty eight at Coach Burton thirty six on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on the Believe Podcast Network, Believe in Kentucky, Believe in Georgia Dogs, and then of course SEC After Dark. Um, you can find Israel Monroe football. Uh, he's the offensive coordinator there, getting gearing up for season number two. If he doesn't become a head coach somewhere else before then, gearing up for season two for the for the tornadoes. It's a tornado warning down in South Georgia. I'm gearing up for for season number six at Hillwood um, as the offensive coordinator, and uh, you know it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a great 2022. Uh, we got some big things afoot. Uh, for the show, uh, of course, we're in our alternate set tonight, but usually you can check us on y'all's conference network. Uh, we are live uh, each. We're going to be live each and every Monday night or try to be at least. Um, and if we're not, we'll tell you why, and then we'll catch back up with you. But uh, for Vinny Hardy and Israel Troop, I'm Corey Burton. We are the Beast of the East podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, y'all's conference network presented by betonline.ag. That's where the game, that's where the game starts. So long. See you later. Have a great week. And I would say go dogs, but that's probably futile in, in, in the basketball world. Um, but hope your teams win and I uh, hope you have a great week, even better weekend. And we'll see you back here next week on the beast of the East podcast. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.